Everyone, welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. This is episode number 10. My name is George Ortega, and it is uh, July 20th, 2020 at 7.02 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I just began reading a book that was obviously published very recently. It's called COVID-19, The Pandemic That Never Should Have Happened and How to Stop the Next One. It's by a, a, a journalist, Deborah McKenzie. She's apparently been covering um, epidemics, outbreaks, pandemics for over 30 years. And it's a well-documented book. And it, it well, it kind of like scared me. Um, it, it is a very scary book. I mean, this, this COVID-19, this coronavirus is a relatively mild virus. And, you know, she makes the case that, uh, you know, as others ha have made, it's not a matter of, of if the next one comes, it's when. And then she goes into mosquitoes. It, it's just like, you know, we need to do a lot. Um, she did talk about um, vaccines that are developing. My understanding was that they were working on a universal vaccine um one or two whatever to to cover them all but but apparently um she reports that they're working on about nine different um um nine different um sorry looking my 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 timer is like yeah it's your work um nine different kinds of um viruses um you know disease vectors just um diseases that that are zoonotic that, that come from animals that um that, that represent major threats um you know she talks about sars and mers and the the one that um that she says is is the um most threatening um i think it's nika virus I'm, I'm not sure i gotta i'll look but you know the point is that you know i got i got afraid you know afraid for the future for you know what we're gonna do and you know the thought came to me um what do you do like for example trump i mean he is indirectly killing a lot of people you know how many people would be alive that are dead now because he refuses to take this virus seriously. He refuses to take this pandemic seriously. He, he continues to refuse to, for example, use his War Powers Act to, to compel companies to manufacture masks and testing kits, you know, um, antibody research. He, he refuses to do what needs to be done to properly contain this virus, to properly protect people's lives. And, and he's killing people. You know, every day he kills more and more people. Again, it's indirect, but, you know. Um, so then the question becomes, what do we do about this? Um, obviously, no, you know, it's against the law to either try to kill him or to try to, uh, to get others to kill him. So, you know, we can't do that. Um, so then I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm very religious. You know, I happen to be Jewish. And, and um, within Judaism, Christianity, in the Bible, there is what is known as an 
in precatory prayer, in precatory psalms. And these are prayers to God for either the punishment or the destruction of one's enemies. And uh, it seems like a righteous prayer. In other words, like, let's say you're a general, you know, you're leading um, an army defending your country. And, um, and you have to kill a lot of the enemy to protect your, your, your country. You know, you, you know, you order people to kill people. This is like, you know, this is a matter of like saving. I mean, the idea behind this is like you kill some people to save more, you know. So, so this, this, this notion um, of needing to kill people, you know, wanting people to die. You know, how many people didn't want, like, for example, Osama bin Laden to die? I mean, you know, this is like, you know. How many people didn't want, you know, British didn't want George Washington to die back then in the you know, Revolutionary War? This is how our um, conflicts happen a lot. So, so you know, I, I think we, we need to consider this. You know, those of us who, who are religious, those of us who, who are, believe in goodness, who, who, who love people, who love goodness, love God, um, if... You know, there's that saying, God helps those who help themselves. But in this kind of situation, you know, we've been trying to help ourselves. We've been trying to get the Republican Party to, to distance themselves from, from Trump, to, to oppose him. And they won't, you know. And, and, and you know, so we, we have no choice in this but to appeal to God. I mean, God willing, he'll be out in November or well, January, I guess, you know, with the elections in November. But um but, you know, we need to consider this. We need to consider, um, you know, how many more thousands of people need to die um, needlessly, I think, because, uh, you know, what we understand now is the, the distancing works, the, the, the testing works, the, the masks work. And um, it's just, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's beyond um, unconscionable that, that our doctors and nurses, our, our, our healthcare providers who, are, who, are, who risk their lives every day have to use, for example, garments that are ordinarily one-use garments, but they have to use them over and over because that's, that's all they have. So um, I just want to read, you know, because this, you know, I just want to like demonstrate to you that this idea is not foreign to either Judaism or Christianity. I'm not sure about Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism, but, you know, I know within the Judeo-Christian tradition, it, it's something that, um, that has, you know, I mean, God, I just started reading Deuteronomy. It's like the first, you know, the, you know, the, the Parsha of the week. We just started Deuteronomy this week. And it starts off by God commanding the Jewish people to go into this town and kill every man, woman, and child. So, um, you know, I mean, we can't really got, you know, judge God for, you know, what he does. But, um, you know, so anyways, I, I just want to read, for example, one of these inter- imprecatory, imprecatory prayers, um, psalms. It's Psalm number 35, and it starts out, Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of buckler and shield and rise up for my help. Draw also the spear and the battle axe to meet those who pursue me. All right, so basically, you know, that's saying to like, to kill, kill my enemies. So, so we have to we have to consider that, that Trump is our enemy. He may be our president, but he is our enemy. 
And, um, and rather than, you know, cause I'm guessing, you know, like if he were to die tomorrow, let's say he had a heart attack or, or let's say he got the coronavirus and he died, you know, in, in a few days. Um, I'm guessing that, that um, Pence would begin doing, you know, much of what, what Trump has refused to do. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, Pence, Pence, who I, I imagine has much more of a conscience than, than, than Trump, would, um, would heed the public call to, to do what's necessary. So, all right, so um, I just, I had to start off with this because sometimes, you know, um, it's like, you know, I don't understand people. I mean, I just, you know, um, I don't understand how Republicans can continue to support Trump, you know, uh, after what he's doing. I mean, Republicans are dying too. You know, people are, you know, people think that just these, these, um, these deaths are just in cities where Democrats tend to dwell. Well, no, a, a lot of, um, a lot of, for example, um, Republicans are small business owners and, you know, they're like, you know, they're in constant um, contact if they want to stay in business with customers. Um, I'm sure a lot of them are dying. So this isn't just, you know, and that's the thing, you know, like I, I seriously believe Trump, you know, in his demented, distorted um, vision sees this politically. He's probably saying to himself, oh yeah, this is great. You know, you know we're, we're killing off a lot of Democrats. And then and, and this, this, this moron, he was a Democrat before, um, before he became president. You know, the guy, has, he's just like, he's, he's completely immoral. You know, he doesn't understand morality. So um, anyway, sorry, I, I wanted to start with that, but, um, but now let's, let's go back to um, Deborah McKenzie's book. Again, it's called COVID-19. I'm in the middle of it now. It'll probably take me a day or two to get through it. And it's, it's kind of a book that, um, unless I can find another one, there's probably several others out. You know, I'll probably read it over and over because it has, it has a lot of good information. Um, it, um, it talks about, you know, well, it, all right, it prints, it prints, it, it paints a pretty dire picture. Here, here's like a catch-22 that we're facing. Um, to, there's several of them. To, to, to create vaccines for these kinds of, um, to be proactive, you know, to, to create vaccines for, for, for threatening outbreaks, threatening infectious, contagious diseases, um, we can't, you know, we can't do that before they happen. You know, we can't, you know, um, in a lot of cases, um, I mean, we're, we're trying to do that in a way. The idea is like, you know, to test whether a vaccine works, there have to be people who are infected by it or in danger of being infected by it. You know, so actually that's reminding me, I'm, I'm reading that, you know, Again, they're working on a universal vaccine and they're working on vaccines for the nine major threats, and including one that they, they call um, um, disease X, which is, is one that, that, you know, they don't know what it is, whatever, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a catch-all for, for these unknowns that they know are out there. It's just a matter of time. But um, so it's, it's actually a bit confusing that, that, you know, in one sense, we have to wait for a pandemic to, to, 
to um, test these vaccines. And by then, you know, it, it could be too late. For example, like this COVID-19 doesn't have such a, a very high death rate. Maybe one, two percent of the po people who get it um, die. Whereas if it was SARS, you know, about 10 percent of people who got that died. And if it was the, the, the Spanish flu in 1918, I think it was like 50% of people who got it died. So, so um, that's one thing. It's really difficult to, to, um, to, to have these vaccines work. And I guess I'll, you know, I'll get to the, uh, the point of the animals, you know, eventually about, about 15 more minutes. Just let me, let me just bring out one more point that I learned from the book. Um, back in the eighties, before the eighties, there were actually government efforts to, um, to create these vaccines, these, you know, um, these defenses against illnesses. The government took that, you know, responsibility, but, but then they turned it over. This is Reagan. Reagan just like screwed everything up. It, you know, really what we're going through now, he started, you know, this, this, this distrust of, of government. I mean, like he just didn't understand that we are the government. We, the people are the government. He just couldn't get that. He wasn't that bright. Um, so anyway, back in the 80s, you know, they, they decided to hand that responsibility for protecting us from viruses to the pharmaceutical companies. And the problem with that is the pharmaceutical companies are profit-driven corporations. Their, their, their interests, their fiduciary interests are to their shareholders, you know, their stockholders. Um, and so what happens is if, if they don't see a profit in, um, in researching for a vaccine, they're not going to do it, you know, and, 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 and that's the problem. Whereas like, you know, if, 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 if these kinds of vaccinations, this kind of protection was, was government funded, um, it would happen. All right. Um, I, there was another point about that, but you know, escapes my mind right now um so let's all right so yeah what i'm learning what i'm learning is and 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 you want to know something i think this woman you know she she um she's been covering this for 30 35 years she understands the the risk of of of, of animal farms in in the sense that animal farms create a um a perfect environment for contact between a human and an animal. That's how these, these are zoonotic. They, 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 they are transferred from animals to, to humans. And so we'll see if, if, you know, if later she recommends this. But, you know, what she's, the, the picture she's painting is that, you know, they're going to get worse and worse. You know, the, this, this COVID, you know, it's a SARS virus. It was just like the SARS that I think emerged in 2002. And it's almost as if like, and it's not the same SARS, it's the same family. It's almost as if like, well, that SARS was extremely dangerous, but it wasn't all that contagious. It wasn't, you know, whereas this one isn't as dangerous, but it's far more contagious. It's almost as these viruses kind of like figure out, you know, how best to kill us. Um, you know, this is what we're contending with. And, and so like, yeah, the, the picture she paints is that, um, especially because our world is so politicized, politicized because these governments, you know, would rather, you know, 
defend their interests rather than do what's right for, for you know, the governments, I guess the politicians defend their interests. They're not even defending the interests of the countries in many cases, you know, that, that, um, that you know, we don't have the mechanisms, I don't think, nor will we, to, to really be safe from these pandemics unless, unless, and, and you know, unless we go vegan or, or you know, the equivalent um, transition from farming animals for our, for our meat, fish, dairy, eggs to this cellular agriculture, clean meat, lab-grown meat, whatever you want to call it, you know, this, this way of just like, they take a biopsy um, <coughs> cells about like, size of a grain of, of, of um, rice you know it's, it's virtually harmless to, to the animal and like and one of these samples one of these biopsies can grow theoretically um millions of pounds of, of, of beef or pork or, or, or poultry or whatever so you know that's how that's how humane cruelty free this this process is and again b- because this meat is um has to be sterile uh, it's it's grown you know it's grown outside of that animal in sterile environments so there's no chance there's absolutely no chance of of these diseases developing you know so um, so let's you know let's continue to talk about that because I'm you know it's like you know I'm talking about this because to me it's so clear to me because because I, I also come to this from a religious perspective you know I I, I I don't deny, I don't, you know, shift my eyes from this, this truth that, that God rewards us or punishes us according to what we do, both individually and collectively. And, uh, you know, you just have to, you know, delve into your personal history, the personal history of, of your, 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 your friends, your family, your, um, you know, somebody, for example, um, doesn't, isn't responsible about what they eat, they'll eat a lot, or they'll eat a lot of meat, or they'll eat whatever they want, regardless of consequences. And then they become diabetic, or or um, develop hypertension, or develop you know cancer because they have been you know punished. They've been punished by God for being careless with their life, for not respecting their life. So that's just one of of countless examples that happen every day. And, and, and conversely, you know, last episode yesterday, I talked about how amazing this world is. And it really is. I mean, like, you know, the two books, Norberg um, with progress and the Mandis. Um, I gotta get, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't uh, take it seriously enough to get names right. I should, but anyway, these two books, uh, Abundance and progress they they demonstrate that, that we have been good in so many ways you know we we've built a world where like you know um we are so much healthier we live longer our children live longer um we have you know we're, we're far less violent you know b- believe it or not we're far less violent than they w- we were 100 200 years ago you know, we, we just, we have it so much better in so many ways than, than people on the planet have ever had it. And, and this has come from our work, from our industry, from our caring about each other, our, our compassion for each other. You know, and, and we extend this compassion to our, you know, our pets, our, our cats and dogs, who are protected from cruelty, you know, by our laws. So we understand that animals feel pain. So, but, you know, there's a disconnect, you know, we, we, um, we pay people to abuse and torture these animals, 
and, and uh, you know, one of these episodes, I'm going to like, you know, I, I've got to write one of um, the uh, animal rights organizations like Mercy for Animals. And basically what I want to write them is I want to ask them if I can um, show some of the photos from their site on this show. I, I need to get permission from them to do that. And then we can go through some of the ways, you know, that, that you know, these, these animals are treated so horribly, you know, and, and again, 70 billion of them every year. So, um, so yeah, the, um, considering that this is, this COVID-19 is punishment, you know, for, for, for our being so callous, so cruel to, towards so many animals. I mean, it's not just a coincidence that these are animal to human transmitted diseases, you know? I mean, it, it's like poetic justice. It's like, you know, what goes around comes around. Um, so, um, so yeah, so like getting back to the major point now, um, you know, we're, we're spending about a billion dollars um, on this. And, and, and just as an aside, I, I was reading an article where like uh, Microsoft just invested a billion dollars in artificial intelligence, which, which actually may save us from this, you know, may, you know, save us in a lot of ways, but you know, uh, and, and, and there's probably many, many more billions of dollars going into artificial intelligence, which is very, very intelligent. It's very smart to do that because that's going to solve a lot of our problems. We're not smart enough to solve a lot of our problems. Neither are we uh, apparently moral enough. So, you know, for example, these computers can probably solve a lot of our ethical issues also once they're um, properly developed. But uh, anyway, um, I say this because, you know, in this whole cultured cell-based meat industry, there's probably about a billion dollars been invested. And, and at the rate, at that rate of investment, you know, for us to get these products in supermarkets uh, will take 10, 15 years probably. Um, at this rate of progress, there's some research challenges that need to be met. And, um, and I mean, what's the, what's the obvious answer? You know, I mean, like, you know, we're, Again, I referred to this um, Congreg Congressional Budget Office report or estimation um, in May, you know, before this, this spike throughout like the South and the Midwest and all, um, throughout the, these, these rising death numbers and all rising, you know, um, case numbers. In May, they predicted that, um, you know, when this is all done, when we're, you know, into our new normal, it will have cost us $8 trillion, okay? So like, so what I've been advocating is, you know, let's spend $50 billion, which is one half of 1% of $8 trillion, one half of 1% of what we've spent on this one to, to safeguard ourselves from this ever happening again. I mean, th that our politicians don't get this, that, that our, our media isn't talking about this every day while people are paying attention, while people understand, you know, and, and, and know how, how important this is. It's beyond understanding, you know, like that's, you know, I mean, it's like, it's a combination of, of stupidity and, 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 and evil, you know, I mean, like these politicians, you know, they're afraid to rock the boat. They're afraid to, to, to offend their funders, you know, their, their campaign financers. Or what, they don't get it? They don't get that it's a bargain to spend one half of what we'll be spending on this, you know, coronavirus to prevent future pandemics? 
So um, we need to get them together. You guys, I'm like, you know, this is, you know, this is more, unless you're like 2% of the population who are vegan, this is a problem that you're creating and you're sustaining. Because when you, when you go to the supermarket and you buy your beef and your poultry and your eggs and your milk, and, and, and you know you're buying this from, from, from people who routinely abuse and torture animals, and you know we're being punished because of this. Well, this is, this is pretty much on you. I mean, like, but yeah, so I mean, I'm, having said that, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like I blame you, okay? Because like, you know, fine, you, you are evil, you're not too bright, you know, apparently, you know, um, because if you were, you wouldn't be involved in this if, if you were smarter and, and, and more virtuous, but it, it's not your fault. You know, you didn't create yourself, you know, you didn't decide what country to live in, what world to live in. I mean, it, you're born into a world, and some of us, some of us, it's not our credit either. Some of us see through this. Some of us see the corruption and, and, and the evil, and, 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 and we have the intelligence to know that, that, that this is wrong, you know, and, and we don't buy into it. Again, the two of us, 2% of us are vegans, and, and most, most vegans, you know, I, I, there are probably very few vegans that are vegan because of their personal health. I, I, I imagine the vast majority, I mean, I'll, I'll do some research to see what the actual numbers are, but I think that most of us, certainly with me, it's not about my personal health, it's about the knowing what these animals go through. So, so again, if, if you're not a vegan, you know, this is really on you to, to fix it. Um, so call your Congress people, call, um, call whoever you need to call. I mean, just like get involved in this. Um, understand, you know, read this COVID-19 book by Deborah McKenzie, read some other books, you know, read some books on infectious diseases and vaccines, efforts to create vaccines, and you'll understand how unreliable a method of, of protecting us that is. And, 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 and um, now McKenzie is also gonna present some containment strategies and mitigation strategies once these pandemics emerge, but that's playing with fire, and she'll probably mention this because, like, again, you you, you have you have let's say a um, a disease that's highly contagious and highly deadly, and you know it's contagious even like without symptoms, like COVID nineteen. You know that could wipe out half the planet in in, in a month. You know, three billion um, airline flights each year. So you know these 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 pandem these these outbreaks um, are everywhere. All right, I've got um, I've got about a minute left. Think about this. You know, I mean, yes, we need to develop the vaccines. We need to develop um, more accurate testing, more accurate antibody testing. We need our mechanisms of distancing and, and you know, and um, tracing all these you know things we're developing. But the only reasonable chance we have of avoiding future pandemics is to, the main thing is to stop farming. We also have to like stop clearing the forests because like when, it, when we clear the forests, what happens is like the bats who live in the forest, and this is like bats are the major source of these, they will fly into um, our, our civilization, our, our, you know, where we live and all, and that's how we get infected also, especially in African countries. So this is not just about us here in the rich countries, it's about all of us. All right, so um, watch this every Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Catch it on YouTube, um, White Plains Community Media. If you get 
Optima or, or Altice, it's channel 76. If you get Verizon, it's channel 45, right? I will be here tomorrow, hopefully with more information on that, that excellent book. Okay, thanks.